Welcome to the Alaskan Artist Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Maloof, and I am sitting down to have a conversation with James Tempty. And welcome to the podcast, James. Hey, Amy. Thanks for having me. It's uh, great to be here at the Sea Lab in Anchorage talking art. Yeah, we like this is, I think this is my favorite thing to do is sit down and talk talk about art. Like, it's one so, of, or one of my favorite things. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's a, it's a way to kind of get to know someone. Because mm-hmm. you see their art, but then you get to hear stories behind it. Yeah. And I think that's really fun. That's what I'm excited about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So tell me about, tell me about you as an artist and you as an individual kind of, yeah. How would you describe? Um, I think as an artist, folks would maybe call me a muralist and then a non-objective abstract artist, which I think is really cool. So a non-objective, so no, no subject matter. And then abstract, so you yeah. you do abstraction yeah. within your non-objective It's mainly work. like ideas, concepts, okay. feelings. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. So not abstract imagery, but more abstract thought, conceptual. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Which is fun. Which is yeah. so fun. Because then the pieces ask so many questions. Yeah. Instead of telling you what they are. Oh. Oh. <laughs> So, but I, uh, yeah, I, I'm originally from Wyoming, lived in Anchorage for a little over 11 years now. So, what brought you um, up here? Uh, I always knew I wanted to live up here. Like even from a really young age, Isn't I think. That funny? Like people know, you, you either yeah. know and you love it pretty, pretty yeah. quick or you're like, yeah, uh-uh. Yeah, I was, I always, I was like, man, I think I was, I saw a movie like The Adventures of Natty Gann and she had a wolf dog and they rode on a train oh, to a yeah. gold mine and I was just like, oh my gosh, I want to do <laughs> that. <laughs> I want to dog and ride on a train. But that's, yeah. yeah, but I've always just oh, been, and then reading like Call of the Wild and White Fang and just, you know, all the stories about like Alaska. And being from Wyoming, there's some similarities, but I was like, you know, yeah. it's never like the biggest and the best. Alaska's the biggest and the best. Always. Even though Texas is pretty sure that they are. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But. Well, Texas is, it's they, its own thing. They're, <laughs> they're, doing, they're doing their own thing now, which is fine. Um, yeah. Okay, yeah. So you just kind of felt this pull. Yeah. And so I, um, after high school. I went to school in uh, Durango, Colorado. Okay. Stayed down there for a while. I love the yeah, Southwest too. That's a, that's a cool place. The Southwest is is pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I was like, you know, it's time for grad school, and so I applied to one school, UAA. Got in, and I was like, sweet, here's my ticket, here's my chance. Yeah. So score. And what yeah. were you studying? Were you studying? Um, art? No, I wasn't. I was studying um, environmental science through their engineering school. So, okay. yeah, which, yeah, is good. I do um, some uh, science work now. Yeah, because you're, you're doing, pro- you're doing, working with ATU, doing yeah. project management? Project management and some research, too. Okay. Um, yeah, which is super cool. It's all around um, braiding indigenous knowledge with Western science around topics like climate change. So Whoa. it's pretty cool. Like, yeah. And the, the coolest part is a lot of times the way we uh, collect these conversations is through art. And so it could be through like photography. It could be through community meetings where they're deciding what a mural should be. And then right. you talk about like the history and kind of tie it to a, a specific topic that the researchers are studying. And you can kind of gather all this additional information and kind of see how it overlaps or connects or how it like disagrees with one another. And that's where you can really learn some, some neat things on like maybe how the science needs to like look at these other areas. Oh, okay. So you just, so there's so many, there's so many topics. <laughs> you kind of like, Sorry to jump you know, all it's, around. It's, it's great. So there, the, the community mural the community or the mural project with the community input. Yeah. What came out of that? Or is it secret? And, oh, no, it's, what? it's great. Cause so that the, was, the when was recent... that? That was in the springtime? That yeah. Was... Okay. So yeah. that was in 
February, I think we held like a, a like a visioning meeting. Okay. Where we showed like old historic photos of Anchorage, and we kind of went into the meeting thinking, um, you know, Anchorage is like a gathering place. A lot of people. It's mm-hmm. like the largest hub city. Right. It was a tent um, city. It was just a yeah. transition point before going out yeah. to real Alaska or other places. And- yeah. So just showing like old historical photos, we kind of like um, landed on. A topic of like Anchorage is Alaska's largest village and how it represents, you know, not just it, it's like homeland of the Denina, mm-hmm. but there's all these other tribes that kind of come in and out and that end up here. And so the mural, um, the artist Crystal Worrell designed a mural that is now up outside the Denina Center. I forget the, it used to be, it's right outside the city hall too. Oh, okay. But it's of, um, it's like a, a landscape with some, um, outlines of animals and all the animals have like this heart line, which is like, it's just a line like from their mouth, like out. And there's like a circle right where their heart is. And so it's huh. just kind of showing like we're all kind of connected. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's pretty cool. cool. And there's like, some ghosted like Denina Athabascan beadwork patterns in it. So if you really spend some time, you can kind of mm-hmm. pick out like, these beadwork patterns so, and okay. stuff. So that's but, cool. So that was yeah something that's um, came out of like a visioning meeting where you like include the community in the conversation, and yeah. um, then like as artists and you kind of bounce ideas off off each other and kind of see what resonates and kind of what sticks. Mm-hmm. And then you go from there. And I think Crystal did an excellent job at yeah. designing it. It's, it's just so cool to see that. And so I'll do yeah, that's awesome. similar activities with communities um, throughout the Arctic. And so, um, yeah, looking forward to that. That's kind of like next year's big, like kickoff projects. Okay. So, yeah. so, so you do, you do like smaller paintings. I mean, most of your work is fairly good size. Like, like you don't yeah. do like sm- smaller meaning not murals. Yeah. Um, and those are, those are usually a couple feet by a couple feet from what I've seen. Yeah. Uh, um, your work. I like like four foot by four foot, four foot by six foot. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Around yeah. those size. That's, that's a nice size. What do you like about that size? Well, I love, like, so with abstract art, I think it's a conversation. Mm -hmm. And I think when abstract art is larger, it really draws you in and you can spend time with it. Mm -hmm. And it it just, yeah, it really is just kind of like, it's just, the way it makes you feel when you look at it is something that I like. Yeah. You relate to your, you relate to it with your body in a different way, in like, like because you're kind of the same size, a yeah. little bit. Like your you your your own scale is relevant to to a piece yeah. once it's big enough. Yeah, and as they, opposed to like little pieces, they don't. You're, yeah. you're you're not really. I mean, at least as a viewer, it doesn't feel as connecting. Whereas a bigger piece, you're like, oh, that's and that's above me or bigger than me. That's something that's like when I'm creating pieces, I like to think about like the loud conversations are like from a distance from across the room, like what do you see Mm. and how is that interesting? Um, So it's a lot of like, maybe like areas of higher contrast, Mm -hmm. but then when you get close to it, I love like, just like the nuances, like the stains and like mark making Mm. and, you know, kind of more the textures. And sometimes I'll put text in them, like little pieces of text. Um, that I think is like when you spend time with it, then you, it's, it's a different conversation. Yeah. Yeah. So, so viewing it from across the room is one thing. Mm-hmm. And then what are you hoping with the viewer? Happens? That there's like this, 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 this pow, you know, like this pop, like this, like, Oh, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, almost like when you're fishing and a fish sees the right lure, they're like, Oh, yeah. I'm drawn to it. I want to go check it out. I want to go pop yeah. that see what, yeah. see what that is. And so, yeah, I think that's a lot, like, just the larger compositions. And I think that's something to really, like, think about, too, when you're working larger scale with murals. Because you have cars racing by, 
And yeah, you've like, got 30 seconds to yeah, look at it, if that, if, if, if they happen to glance over. Yeah. And so if they, if, yeah, if it's just the right, like, color contrast, I think that's one in composition, mm-hmm. is, like, if it's big and bold from a distance. Mm-hmm. Is that why you do a lot of red and black? Yeah. Is that, I like is that. Is that some of yeah. the, yeah, that's, yeah. And it's, it's fabulous. Like, yeah, it, it is, it is bold and it, um, yeah, your contrast is always so, there's an, there's an intensity to your work that's consistent. That's, yeah, that's really lovely. And that's probably partly why is because I'm like, where's the pow from across the room? Like, yeah. how do you, you know, grab people's attention and bring them over mm-hmm. to spend time with it? So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, so I think some of the mural work and some of my abstract painting, like there's some basic like questions that I'll ask myself. Okay. Um, and one is like, how do we capture somebody's attention from a distance or if they just have a quick second? Mm-hmm. And, um, that's the other thing I really like is even as some of my like, mm, um, mixed media murals like mm-hmm. the eyes of spinard mm-hmm. or think next over now is that the one on the is that the one on the by the church of love yes okay it used to be um it was a, ho- a motel um but yeah right on spinard i think it's like 32nd spinard yeah okay 31st 32nd spinard yeah but that i just wanted something that was big people would recognize right away mm-hmm. and they would just it would it would in a way it can kind of take them to this different world mm. and so just a huge set of eyes and the eyes are wonderful mike conti took the photo and okay. yeah they're just like a wonderful set of eyes um but i just thought I, it was just it would just you know in one way it's like now we're surrounded by giants you know mm-hmm. or but the another reason too like that whole how the eyes piece came about is just is yeah, tell really me, tell me the story on that really um really interesting um so the um i think it was i forget the name of the motel but it had got seized by the feds um and so there was a lot is it the one with all the wood on the front of it is that the or is that not the the it's starts with the Q. no that's it i think that's a different one yeah it was, do you know where the palm tree was in Spinard? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right out there. Okay. Yeah, okay. right there. I think they're going to try and bring the palm tree back and create like a park. So, Perfect. but, <laughs> <laughs> but so this, this hotel, motel, um, it was seized by the feds. It's just a lot of like really shady, really shady like activities there. Mm-hmm. And they thought maybe there was human trafficking and, that type of thing that was going okay. on in there. Um, and so I was thinking, you know, like what, you know, cause people that are in the neighborhood, they know the neighborhood and some people that may have been like in and out of that place might still live in the neighborhood. Mm-hmm. And some of them might be victims. And right. then also some of them might be kind of the more predators. And I was thinking, mm-hmm. you know, like from a victim standpoint, what would they want? They would just want to be seen. You know, yeah. they just want somebody to see them, somebody to, you know, kind of just like know that they're being watched out for. Yeah. Yeah. Some knowledge. Yeah. Them, so. And from the kind of the predator side, there's this thing called the Hawthorne effect. Okay. The psychologist, some psychologist Hawthorne okay. um, studied it. And it is when you see a pair of eyes, you actually change your behavior to be more socially acceptable. Oh. Ooh, fascinating. And so, like, with this building and its history, I was like, I think that's a, just a huge set of eyes Yeah, would just be perfect just. for that area. Just to, like, comfort people, but mm-hmm. also remind people, you know. You, Keep it in check. Yep, exactly. Uh-huh. And so, that that's yeah, one that's of my cool. favorite that's yeah, cool. pieces. And I was just like, when, it, when we came up with the design, we showed it to the building owner and they were just so excited. They were like, this is it. Yeah. This is perfect. It tells a story in its own way, yeah. but it actually looks out for the community. It's doing a thing. Like it, yeah. it's, it's like functional in, yeah. in, in, in operation. And yeah. I oh, that's super love cool. that about public art. Yeah. And I think when we think about 
and we listen to communities and we listen to stories, the art can kind of look after us mm-hmm. and it can look after our communities. Yeah. And I think that that's powerful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so mm-hmm. like, I'm, I'm really mm-hmm. drawn to those types of projects. And so yeah. I've done a few other projects. Um, I don't know if you know, Steve Gordon. He's, oh yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. a great person, amazing artist, oil painter. But we've done projects where we look at like addiction, and um, we you know talk to folks that are struggling with addiction or that are in recovery, and how do we tell their stories so that other people see them as humans? Mm-hmm. And I think that's you know the power of like in artists as artists. I think a lot of artists, we create because we've gone through something, we've experienced something, maybe mm-hmm. we're more sensitive, mm-hmm. but um, a lot of times we're drawn to these stories yeah. and honoring the stories and having our art make people feel. Yeah. And whether it's like a feeling of connection or a feeling of like, maybe we want them to feel how we feel. Mm-hmm. Or what we're experience what we're experiencing, but it's it's yeah. So it was mm-hmm. one of the projects when we were looking at addiction. My my truck got broken into. Okay, sure. And yeah, right. I was just like, oh my gosh, uh, these like such a these, terrible feeling. Yeah, it was like yeah. I was violated. Yeah, you know, like ex- yeah, yeah. My yeah. stuff was everywhere. The doors, Exposing. yeah, doors were wide open. It smelled funny, like. Yeah, And then, like, I think later that week, I had to go interview someone about opioid addiction. And it made, after the conversation, I saw, like, a person that was struggling. Oh, through the... Yeah. Not so necessarily, that, that like... your yeah. experience with your break-in. And it wasn't personal. They were just yeah. in a place that they were struggling. Yeah. And it was able to see the person and not just like have this crummy feeling that like I was the victim. Right. You were violated. Your stuff yeah. was strewn about, which is true. Yeah. Like that's all those feelings. But. And the bigger context of. Yeah. How do we, like, how do we mm-hmm. help people that go through this? Mm-hmm. And because if we help people that are going through this, my truck will get broken into. Our world becomes a nice yeah. place. If we can look at exactly, we can look at these darker, dirtier things that we don't that we want to just brush under the rug or ship to a different city. Yeah, it doesn't fix it. It's all over the world, and it's it doesn't like we need to directly address them. And as yeah. artists, those are the some of the projects that I'm like, mm. oh, I love like when you get to just kind of create space and dive into it. Yeah. It's it's really. You feel like you're actually helping. Yeah. And I like that. That's cool. Yeah. That's, yeah, that is a, that's kind of a, it's kind of like a calling with your yeah. work. It's what it sounds like. Like, like you're, yeah, just that way you're interacting is beautiful. Yeah. I, I've yeah. found like my favorite projects are like that. Mm-hmm. Another piece that was a collaborative piece with my friend Michelle Zhao. This other artist, John Burpee, it's in the museum, but it's of the hunter from Gamble who, um, got a whale and okay. he was, I think he was like 15 or 16. His first name was Chris. I can't pronounce his last name, yeah. but yeah, Chris. Um, but then he posted it on Facebook, super excited. The whole community's like, this is such a blessing. Mm-hmm. Like this is huge. Yeah. Um, it's gonna help feed so many people and it's his first big whale like celebration. Yeah. And he ended up getting trolled and oh, on Facebook and all these like hate posts and it's just so traumatizing for him. Yeah. Like yeah. thousands, <laughs> thousands of people. Like it got out on like kind of the Greenpeace type oh, okay. website, and Save then- the Whales type stuff. And there's a disconnect, I think, between a lot of understanding around like subsistence, mm-hmm. um, just the subsistence needs in mm-hmm. communities, 
And right. Well, and we've put whales like all animals are are sacred and precious. Yeah. And and whales are an animal, and we we can we can use them, and we can, but they're, they're not. We've they've been put on this on this like sacred pedestal. Yeah. Because because of the history, I think of how we how the abuse and the overhunting and the just the grossness of how our how yeah. like. Our, our society has done it, but not the you know yeah. the not the subsistence is like yeah communities like the subsistence they've done I, it the right way yeah I think and it's so mm. interesting to like if you look at history too and you look at control and who's in control mm. one of the main things that they want to control is the food. Mm-hmm. Because then they it's control the, the yeah it's yeah. the power it's the power you yeah can, you can subjugate yeah um, so it's um, so that like it kind of like struck a nerve and I was like we have to do something yeah so the piece is my, my friend Michelle did a beautiful portrait of him and then we kind of did like a, a a crown of arrowheads okay and yeah there's like fish in the background but then there's all these like arrows and spears instead of feathers you know or where like the end of the harpoon would be there was like facebook and twitter and so kind of just kind of just show like the attack the attack but then he's just standing there so proud and resilient so i think there's a way to honor you know somebody for you know doing taking part in their culture and helping their community yeah and and then being lamb blasted yeah unfortunately yeah well, hopefully he felt supported on that. That's, he did. His mom saw it. Well, his I think it was like his sister was in town and saw it and was just like instantly taking photos and sending it around. It just like they reached cool. out and they were just so excited to see it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's awesome. And a 15-year-old kid. Like that's young. That's right? so young. Yeah. Like if that was my boy. Man, if that, that was would... even me, I would be devastated. Right? Yeah, as, 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 as like full grown adults, that would that would hurt. Yeah, I'd uh, I'd, I'd posted a photo of me with a caribou because I I'd gone I'd yeah. taken myself hunting and I was so proud of myself. My girlfriend, my girlfriend, and I went hunting and it we I knew how to cut up. I knew how to like dress an animal and she knew how to shoot it. But otherwise we were, we didn't really know a whole lot. And so we took ourselves hunting because we, we just wanted to have that experience of no one telling us how to do it and what to do. And I got just roasted on Facebook for posting a photo of a, of an Whoa. animal. Yeah. It, that's it, yeah. It was, I was like, okay, lesson learned on that. But also that's, how, that's pretty how unfortunate. It is so unfortunate. And a question I have is like, how this sounds like you might hear it all the time, but like, how connected did you feel to the animal and then to the meat every time you ate it? Right, I cried over my caribou. I cried right. as I had my hand. I mean, we, we shot it. I'm kind of remember, I was the one that shot that one, and um, you know, I get up to the animal and and it's beautiful. Their eyes are just stunning and it's taking its last few breaths because of my actions that I have, I have chosen to kill this animal. And I was there with my hand on it and like tears are running down my face and, and it was sad. It's still sad. It's sad every time we kill an animal so that we can eat. And whenever it isn't sad, something is wrong. If I ever kill an animal and I'm not sad, something's wrong with me and my connection and, and my bond to how the world is working. Yeah. And I, I don't want to give that up and I don't want to miss out on that, but we get so desensitized because we don't want to feel these sad emotions. It should be sad. Yeah. And when we, when I go to the store and and I, you know, buy a steak, I don't have that. No, I don't have that at all. And I'm like, maybe we need to have that. We do. We need to be scared and we need to be sad a little bit more for some real reasons. And maybe we wouldn't be as wasteful. Yeah. Maybe we would, you know, yeah. eat smaller portions. Right. And maybe we would share our food more with people. I think it would just, I think it's, I think it's better when we, when we go through that whole process. And like we, we packed out everything, everything, but we didn't bring the guts. I actually felt some guilt about, it. we brought the liver, we brought the heart, we brought, um, 
we didn't bring the hide, but we brought we brought the spine, we brought all the bones, like all the bones, cut them up, and make them into soup, and yeah, yeah, it's a beautiful process, and it's hard, and it's painful, and it's sad, and, and yeah, yeah, and it's a bunch of work, and it it's a lot of emotions. It's so intense, and yeah. I and I always want to take part in that intensity because it's connecting with my food, and yeah, yeah. I think it's one of the beautiful things of getting to live in Alaska and getting to hunt and getting to do all these things. Yeah, I think so too. I think it's it's so special. Mm-hmm. And to have, like, taking it back to the art is, that's what Chris is feeling. Yeah. And then to just get blasted, like you did. You know, it's just yeah. like, it's so like, it's just like, oh. Yeah, like they, they just actually completely don't understand yeah. what it is about like why yeah. like why someone like in it's i don't know it's got to be like in their minds that if someone were to be able if someone were to be so heartless that they could kill a whale they must be a monster yeah and that is yeah. so far from the truth yeah 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 that, what a cool piece that's that's yeah i felt like it was that's you, super it, cool. it, it tells a story of you know, one of the stories in Alaska and Alaska is so full of stories mm-hmm. and it's just so neat to be able to go out to these communities and hear them yeah. and to talk to people and to listen. And yeah. so, and then to respond through art, I think that's something that like is really meaningful to me. Yeah. Um, and some of my other work is, so I grew up in Wyoming and I went to um, school in Durango, Colorado. In part because they, you know, they give uh, tuition waivers to Native Americans. And so I'm Sweet. a member of the Northern Cheyenne tribe okay. uh, on my mom's side. And then my dad is Norwegian, Scottish, I think English. And we just found out he's German, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like all of Europe. <laughs> all, of, all of Europe. And then... And, but with the, some of the work I do is, uh, so I wasn't raised on the reservation. Okay. And. Was your mom? Um, a little bit, but, um, yeah, she was in and out of different living situations growing up. Okay. And, um, wasn't, didn't really experience that tie to culture. Okay. And my grandpa, like he. Um, was, you know, he went to boarding school and so he would never speak that generation. Yeah. They they were like discouraged. Yeah. Like they were punished if they spoke their native language. Yeah. It's crazy. And so like with like my mom, she's, she would always buy us books and take us to powwows and, you know, really try to, uh, expose us to the culture that Mm -hmm. she had. Mm -hmm. But, um, I still wanted to learn more, you know? Yeah. I think we all want to learn kind of like who we are. Yeah. Where we're from. Who are my ancestors? Mm-hmm. You know, what what are the stories, are stories? there? Yeah. And so I uh with some of my abstract art, I'll look into those stories and a lot of them are tied to like beadwork patterns. Oh and those types of kind of it's very geometrical uh-huh. in the northern Cheyenne and there's a lot of straight lines. Okay. Um there's oftentimes a thunderbird, which is a protector, which I really like. Okay. Um, shoots lightning bolts out of his eyeballs. Like that's I a mean, protector. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I want one of those. <laughs> but I'll I'll look at and I'll um learn these stories or these different like descriptions of the designs, and I'll try to not necessarily replicate them, but with my kind of abstract oil painting, incorporate certain elements of them to kind of tell the story in kind of my own way. And I think for me, it's a way of um, learning about my culture Mm -hmm. and then remembering about it Mm -hmm. through like this art piece. Yeah. And so that's, I, it's, it's it's like a puzzle at times, but I think it's just really fun and it's neat to um, go to different museums or archives and, be able to kind of look at things and kind of talk to different people who know information. It's kind of a little bit researchy, but I like it. Yeah. So with a, so how do you go, what's your process when you, when you sit down to make it, make a new piece? Is that in, how do you approach it? How do you approach a new piece? It depends. 
So if I'm just some pieces, I just I just want to play. I just mm-hmm. want to like you know oil, I'm like um, yeah I just want to see where it goes. I have like a couple ideas of like maybe like the color palette mm-hmm. or if I want to do just like really big and bold, mm-hmm. then I'll I'll start there. Other times. I will start with a concept in mind. Um, like a thing you're trying to express yes. or an idea you're exploring? Yeah. yeah. So okay. one of the pieces that I've done, it's called Arrow Throw. Okay. And it's based off a photo that was taken probably in like the early 1900s of some Northern Cheyenne men, probably like 10 of them. Okay. Uh, throwing arrows at a target. And then they're in a snowy field. And they're and, just tossing them. And they're just, they're it's like shooting. darts. It's okay, like darts. Just toss them. Huh. And I I saw that photo and I was thinking, you know, like they're playing a game. Yeah. It's like they're tossing a football. Yeah. But they're just out there probably heckling one another, probably like talking some smack, mm-hmm. trying to like, you know, toss the arrows. And I was like, that is so wonderful just to like think about it that way. And so on this piece, you know, I just like I want it to be a little bit playful. Mm-hmm. And it was in winter, and so it's like the cooler color palette, and then just have like these really straight lines that are kind of diagonal, creating like this arrow. Mm-hmm. And it's just like fun to kind of think about like how can you, I guess, um, how structurally sh- sh- do you set it up? And then there's also like base layers. I like a lot of depth of color mm-hmm. and layers. Um, I love layers, and when like one of the first layers like ends up poking through to the very end, I'm like, this is like, it's, there's a history there. Yeah. It's just really neat. And I think visually interesting. Um, so though, yeah, I'll just start. Sometimes I'm just playing other times. I'll really try to create a scene almost. Oh, like a, like a, like a, like a, no, like a create, like a, like the arrow throw, like that's the, that's 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 the the scene you're portraying, but in in an abstract, yeah, in a, and I can send yeah. you, I'll send you a photo and of the painting and also the arrow throw. Yeah, that'd be awesome. It's really, it's really cool. Put that on the, put yeah. that on the show notes. Yeah, that's, that's super cool. Hmm. That's fun. So you, you grew up in, you grew up in Wyoming and you, did you have formal art training or you just started playing? Um, so growing up, I had, I took private art lessons from probably the time I was like, eight until um high school okay and, and what did you learn there um oh uh, you just you know f- at first you, you learn how to like play let's like organize play mm-hmm. which i love and the art teachers they just set you up to make something cool okay you know like sc- scribble a line yeah. you know all over the page cover the whole page but not too deep and then take a different color like probably a color that contrasts and color in all the empty spaces. Mm-hmm. Now look at it. You just did okay. that. It's yeah. so cool. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. then. The scribble drawings are yeah. fun. We always did those in church and we'd like do a scribble drawing and then you pass it to the next person and then they add to it. And then oh, yeah. Yeah. It's just, yeah, it's just fun. But then um, the art instructor, Joe Arnold, he's an amazing artist, still lives in Wyoming. Um, but he does a lot of landscapes. Hmm. And so, um, a lot of the work that I did through like seventh to like, I think 10th or 11th grade was kind of more landscape related. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I like to use, I did some oil, charcoal and pencil. I liked, I like that. Oh, so you're already, you're already yeah. mixing media. Yeah. Back then. Yeah. And, um, and also, um, oil pastel. Mm-hmm. and soft vessel oh, so okay. yeah. yeah it was it was just yeah. so fun and i just yeah. loved like oh my gosh would you pick up like an oil pastel mm-hmm. and it could be just like a super bright color yeah but you just do like the smallest bit of it how yeah. it would just like radiate the piece yeah and i was always just so, so i was always like this is amazing <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but i yeah. was yeah, yeah. I, I thought i was gonna go to art school um and was working on, you know, putting a portfolio together mm-hmm. and then ended up um, not going to art school. And I went to Fort Lewis College and ended up majoring in biology. And so um, at that point, 
of my life. And I was really interested in, you know, environmental biology. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just started to drift away from art for a while. Mm-hmm. And um, I'd always still love to go to art shows, love mm-hmm. to go to like the galleries. But I was such a critic. Oh, okay. I was such a critic. You know, I was like judging people. And yeah. thinking I could do that, you know, and I just, it was not a good space for me. Yeah. Even though I loved the scene, it, I was in a good, you know, headspace. Okay. And I think... Just like a little yeah. too more aggressive. Yeah. Aggressively critiquing. Exactly. Than you... Yeah. Then I, I wonder then, if that... Do you think that was because you weren't creating? I think it was. And I uh, didn't create for a while, but always hung out with artists. And, you know, yeah. they were just like people that I felt were like kind of my tribe. Yeah. And um, yeah, then just continued doing like art, uh, I mean, environmental work. And then it was like, I'm, I'm moving to Alaska. And when I moved up here, enrolling in grad school, it gave me the opportunity to start taking art classes again. Oh, okay. And so I take yeah. all my like full load of like environmental classes, but I always add an art class. Okay. And I think, and it, then I started, you know, reading more about art and there was a quote, I forget the name of the guy, but it was in this book and he said, there's no proof of creativity without action. And it's a, a good one. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Oh my gosh. I have not been taking action. How did that feel to read that? Uh, like, it, like, well, it called you on the carpet a little bit. Yeah. I yeah. felt like one, it's like, how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> But then the other was like, James, what have you been doing? Yeah. You know, why not? Yeah. So. I mean, it's basically talk is cheap. Like Exactly. Easy, and, and it is. It is. It's easy to, it's easy to be the, it's easy to be the critic. Yeah. We all have creating. the best idea in the world. Oh yeah. We all know what everyone else should do. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then we try something. We're like, oh, yeah. that's harder. That's harder than I thought. I love it when, I love it when people I love watching that transition when people are like, "Oh yeah, I could make that." And I'm like, "Well, you should, you should." And yeah. then it, you know, most of them, most of the time, they never actually do anything about it. They just yeah say that they could. Yeah, exactly. Like obviously not. Yeah, because you haven't. Yeah. And yeah. So yeah, just <laughs> disable. No, say just, that line again. There's no proof of creativity without action. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's, yeah, that's I was like, okay, one. I got to start taking some action. Yeah. Because, yeah, I just, I felt like it, I needed it. Mm-hmm. And there was so much that I was, like, going through and experiencing. And I was like, I need an outlet. Mm-hmm. I need an outlet really bad. And so, um, yeah, I just started taking art classes. And I cool. just take, like, beginning painting, like, four semesters in a row just so I could get in the studio. Yeah. And I wouldn't even do the projects. I would just do my own. <laughs> but it gave me access and I loved it. It was so good. Um. <laughs> what were the projects you weren't doing? Was it still lifes? Um, there was some still lifes. There was some, um, I mean, the first time I took the class, I did the projects. Mm-hmm. But then, I don't know, after that, I was like, if I'm working on my own series or if I'm working on my own, can I just, you know, give a presentation at the end of the semester? And yeah. The, the professor was cool with it. Yeah, they were Perfect. super cool. Yeah, but yeah. yeah, it was it was really fun. Um, and but looking back, you know, people ask, you know, do you wish you would have been able to go to art school? Hmm. You know, I think, and a lot of students they're like, well, do you wish you know you went you majored in art? Yeah, and I think like. I wouldn't have done it exactly how it's turned out, but having, you know, a degree, two degrees and having a really stable, steady job, Mm -hmm. it gives me the opportunity to pick the projects I want Mm -hmm. and create what I want, not what's going to sell, not what's going to pay the bills. And so it really, in the end, did give me a lot of freedom. Yeah. It sounds like a good combination. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now I'm looking at ways to like, you know, have that steady paycheck from a job, <laughs> but integrate mm-hmm. art. And so my work is much more enjoyable and more fun. Yeah. And so I've been really fortunate to have kind of that um, flexibility. 
with some of the projects to mm-hmm. to say, hey, let's do this this way. That's nice. Yeah, yeah. That's that's kind of the best of both worlds because I have I have for sure struggled with being like having my work in a gallery. I always resisted having my work in a gallery because I didn't want the gallery to dictate what my work would be, and yeah. I thought that I could. Um, and the gallery has never I've, I've never worked with a gallery that tells me what to do, yeah. but. I have felt the influence of of trying to have a cohesive body of work and the influence of wanting to make work that people like so it will sell so I can make more work. And that, I think, has affected my work in a much more... It's narrowed my work, and like I'm bored with my own work right now. And I, it's time... I'm going to start making work that's completely different. And I think it's partly because I, I just wanted to sell some pieces so I could make yeah. more. And I started off in a really genuine way with what I was doing. And and then it's, I and then I stayed in that same way. And now it feels yeah. now it just and it just feels it just feels like I'm doing the same thing in a way that isn't as interesting as it was when I started. Yeah. So here's a quote um from Eat Pray Love mm. Elizabeth Gilbert. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, I saw the movie, but I I love it. I watched that airplane I, yeah. just a little bit ago. Oh my goodness, I was falling. It was so good. No, okay. <laughs> so it was like an interview that she gave with, I forget who she was talking to, but she said something that I really liked. And it was, she was like, it's my job to support creativity, mm. not creativity's job to support me. Mm. And so I love that as just like a reminder that's like, whenever I feel like, you know, like, Oh, my art's not selling. I should, you know, I don't know. Right. Feel all bummed, but it's no, right. it's my job to support creativity. Yeah. Like, how can I support? Yeah. So how do you? Not, how do you? Yeah. How do you take that? And like, what has that? How have you made that? Put that in action. Is that? Yeah, I think um, just taking on projects that you know there's not a big budget, mm-hmm. or even just projects that you want, and exploring your own interests. Um, and like, yeah, especially like, there's not a great market for my work up here as like a Northern Cheyenne Native American artist from Wyoming, Montana, Colorado. Yeah. The up here folks, I think they would like, if you're going to buy like indigenous art, it'd be Alaska Native, right? Yeah. And so like a lot of the projects that I want to work on aren't necessarily connected to like what people want to um, be a part of or have in their home in Anchorage. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And and making art for people's homes is, it's so limiting. It is. And it really affects the creative process to like, would, would I, would, would people put this in their home? Like most of the art I want to make, the answer is like hard. No. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And, and so then I don't, I don't make it because I want it to go somewhere, right? Like it needs to go away so that you can make more. If you, if you're surrounded by your own art, you you just tend to not make it and it's, it's no fun to destroy it. So it's like. Just a lot of donating to. A lot. Yeah. A lot of, a lot of donating to auctions. A lot of. (laughs) Yeah. Mm. That is something though that I think. Mm. And some of the oil paintings that I do is I also want to hang them in my house. I want to live with them. Yeah. And for me, that's like part of the reason that's like motivating to like continue to do art mm-hmm. is sometimes I don't have any on my walls. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I want to live with art. Yeah. I need to create more. I need to, you know, I need to. And if it's good enough, and if it's something I would hang in my house, mm-hmm. I find a lot of times other people would. Yeah. Yeah. I have one spot in my in my house that is my favorite wall to, to test a piece on. Because I can see it from my island when I'm cooking. I can see it from the kitchen. And it has good lighting. And it also um, it has good natural lighting, too. So it's like the prime wall to, yeah. to put a piece on. And I that that... Whenever I'm working on a piece that goes on that wall, and then I look at it, I critique it, and you can see it from far away, and you can go up close, and yeah. you can see it in all the ways that it needs to be seen to be like fully critiqued. I think too, though, like along just like 
with a little bit of our previous like conversation is like, I still am not creating for others to buy. I'm creating because I want it for me in my yeah. house. I'm creating it for me. Yeah. That's a really pure motive. And yeah, I yeah. think that's where I find most of like, that's most of the joy, most of, cause otherwise, I mean, we don't know what other people want. We right. we have an idea. We know what sells, but like, do we want to be that? No, I don't. I don't. No, I was like, I you wouldn't want a picture of Denali that I drew. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and also I refuse to make fish out of metal like, <laughs> or eagles. Or people when people find out I'm a metal, I'm just like, oh, can you make some salmon? I'm like, absolutely not. <laughs> no, absolutely not. I can't. I'm not. I won't. I can, and I won't. There's yeah. a lot of other people that make great fish. Yeah. Like there's no reason yeah. for me to start making fish. It's already been said a thousand times. Yeah. Mm-mm. What do you like? So what, what, um, what do you want people to ask you about your art that they don't ask? Like, what do you, like when you're, when you're talking to someone about art, especially as an abstract artist, people don't, people don't know what to do a lot of the times with abstract art. Yeah. I think I like abstract art. One is because they ask questions. And it lets people kind of explore their own thoughts and feelings with it. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times, like, abstract, like, visual arts compared to music. Mm-hmm. is because, like, why do you like a certain song? What is it about this song that is that appeals to you? Usually people just say, I don't know, I just like it. Exactly. Yeah. And I think... But they don't make that jump with art. Not... Not consciously. Not consciously. Not consciously. But I think with abstract art... It, it, it lends itself more to that kind of mindset of like, why do you like a piece? Mm-hmm. You know, why would you like a Mondrian or like an Anselm Kiefer? Mm-hmm. You know, what draws you in about them? Yeah. You know, it's just, yeah. Yeah. And, th- and they're great questions. And like, did like watching people explore those, like why they like something, why they don't like something is, I think, fascinating. Do your pieces ever upset people do people ever have you ever noticed like people don't like your work i think some people don't connect to it i think they're more like indifferent um mm. what do you think that is they're it's, confused it's by just it? maybe they're confused or they just don't i don't think they they think that it might not be for them mm. um which is interesting I've even had friends yeah. that are like, I just don't get your art. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, that's, that's fine. You don't have to. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you don't have to get it. Yeah, it's fine. Like, um, so I think it's just more like indifference, not people that are like, oh, I can't stand that guy's work. Because mm-hmm. that would actually be success. I, w- yeah. I, I would love it if somebody yeah. was like, I hate that. I'd be like, ooh. You know, some of the... At least you get a reaction, right? Yeah. Some of the pieces that I've been most uncomfortable making are pieces that I thought everybody would hate. Because hmm. I well, I did a piece, um, it was looking at, um, it was actually like a photo collage piece, which was really fun to make. And it was mm-hmm. like a self-portrait, like full body photo collage. Oh, cool. Um, just like, I don't know, there's hundreds of photos and of they're all myself. They're all, they're all of me different. and they're all like printed out to the basically the same size. Okay. But you just like it's so fragmented that you could like put together like arms and legs and yeah. face and there was oh, like cool. multiple faces. Like it was just really hmm. it was really cool, but I made two of them. One was like representing kind of the Native American side and one was representing like the European side. Hmm. And I put them like back to back in the show. Um, but they were during this time when I was like really looking at history and the wars, the battles that had occurred mm-hmm. and it, they were both basically like a bloody mess. Like yeah. they were just really like gory looking, um, just lots of stains and you get carried away with like the red iron oxides and, you know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it, it was a piece that I was just like, this is like really intense. And I don't feel like I'm that intense. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be seen as like this intense, angry person. Right. Um, 
but it was yeah, maybe... I would, I would never describe yeah. you as an intense angry person. <laughs> uh, but, but that's what you were, cre- you were creating, kind this of, intense piece. Yeah, and I loved how it turned out. And part of it was, you know, like, we're both... Like, both sides of my history, like mm-hmm. Native American and European side, mm-hmm. both were experiencing some of the exact same things. Mm-hmm. Because they both just wanted to live and to, like, protect their families. Yeah. And it was just, it was, yeah, you know, if you were, you know, someone that came from Norway and they were like, no, this is like, they're struggling over there. Mm -hmm. They're trying to escape a bad situation. So they think it's better over here and they get here and they're just like, oh my gosh, Mm -hmm. I just need to provide for my family. Yeah, I and just then, want to have a nice time and be yeah. peaceful and have some food. And, and it's not like they're going on this major conquest. They're just people yeah. that are trying to escape in this situation. Mm-hmm. And then the Native American side, you know, that's just really unfortunate. And mm-hmm. they're just trying to, you know, protect their families. Yeah. And it was just like with the, when they were back to back and people would walk around, mm. it would show like, you know, we're not as different as yeah. we think that we are. Yeah. And we're maybe more similar than we are different. 100%. And, and, and yeah. in every direction. Mm-hmm. We're scared of the same things. We're hopeful for the same things. It's it's a human story. And and we like to pretend that, that this culture is 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 perfect and this one was this ones are monsters and and it's just it's just not the case. Humanity yeah. is brutal at times and incredibly compassionate at times. Yeah. For all the same motives. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. really, it's, mm. it's not a cool piece. Yeah. How was that received? It was, did people get it? Did people, yeah, they, you know, it was, it was really intense, but I think, um, I had a few people. What's really interesting is all the people that like, like commented on it, mm-hmm. I think in their own history had experienced some sort of like trauma. And so there was a few folks that were Jewish mm-hmm. and they were like, we really resonate with this. Yeah. Cause it's something we struggle with too. Like you could be Jew, you have Jewish, half German. You know, right? Like, <laughs> reconcile that exactly. Reconcile that together. Yeah, and yeah. so it was like this that they, hmm. yeah, they really I think appreciated just like the honesty and vulnerability and yeah, um, yeah. That's cool. What do you do with the piece? Where is that piece now? It's in my shed. <laughs> I have some pieces in the shed. I'm like, yeah. I like. I'm not painting over it. I'm not like. But it it might make an appearance in a show or two, but it's it's really I I'm not ready to get rid of it. Yeah, and I don't think it's ever going to sell. Like nobody wants horrific collage James on their wall. <laughs> not even your mother. I know. <laughs> especially, especially not your mother. No, she's like, ah. <laughs> oh, honey, why did you do that? Are you okay? Are you okay, sweetie? <laughs> Want to talk about it? <laughs> Yeah. I don't know. There's something really satisfying about making a piece that is like visceral. Like yeah. that. there is, I don't know. I don't know. Like what was, so So you said you, when you were, you, when you were making it, you felt some conflict because yeah. you were sure people wouldn't like it. Yeah. I think, but at the same time I was like, I have to make it. And that's thanks so much to like some good mentors. Mm-hmm. They encouraged me to like, just, they're like, when we have conversations, James, you're upset. How are you showing that in your work? Mm -hmm. Like, you can't just create things that are like, you know, fun, abstract, good looking pieces. Yeah. If you're going to be true about like what you're feeling, what you're experiencing, what you want people to understand and take away from your show. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so that was, yeah, yeah. that's that's, that's good advice. I think like to, to portray through our art who we actually are yeah. and how we're actually feeling. Yeah. Cause it's easy to, it's easy to just want to make it nice. Yeah, it is. Like, or yeah. Yeah. Mm. 
Yeah, maybe. I wonder, I wonder, I wonder if that, you know, the toxic um, positivity. Just yeah. like reframing something all the time to make it nice. Oh my gosh. It's like I'm That's training kind of- my puppy. I'm like, <laughs> only treats. <laughs> and good dog. <laughs> I, thought, I thought I could train my kids that way. So it turns out sometimes they need to get in trouble. Yeah. You know? Sometimes they need to get grounded and go to their rooms or get, get a little scared. Like, yeah. Huh. Yeah. But I think, yeah, it is. It's, it's good to be honest, not only for our audience, but for ourselves. Yeah. And I'm learning that still. It's a hard. Yeah. I'm I'm side eyeing that. I'm not yet embraced that. I'm side eyeing it yeah. in a way with my own work of like, mm, I know that's there, and I've been yeah. making nice things, and I've been portraying. I've been I've been making nice things, and I think that, um, yeah, maybe it's a little disingenuous from how I've actually felt over the last ten years. Yeah. Of my life. Like, yeah. Hmm. It's yeah. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's it's messier, and I think it's really important. At the same time, I am not the type of person that just wants to dwell on it. Right. Yeah, because I'm like, okay, so it can be a piece, maybe two pieces in yeah. a show. Doesn't need to be my whole life. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hmm. What are you working on right now? So I, there's one, I'm working on a series, um, called Secrets. Ooh. Yeah. It's, it's probably going to be around like 10 pieces. Maybe like five of them are going to be big, like six by four foot. Okay. Um, a lot of layers, but like text and different, um, theme secrets which is like really it's interesting everybody has secrets everybody has secrets. everybody has secrets mm-hmm. even if it's like a secret beach that you love to go mm-hmm. or a secret garden yeah. or yeah yeah maybe dark secrets you know like and it's really i think it lends itself well to some of my work because of the layers where it can like compositionally look appealing and nice but there can be things like from the secret that come out to the surface and then go back under Hmm. and so i think that that'll be like a fun viewing experience for um folks that get to see it i want to see this where where is it gonna be um i don't know yet i'm just to be to be determined to be determined i was just like i'm just gonna do it yeah however yeah yeah because then I, it's on my time. And yeah, it's not that yeah. deadline. How does deadline? How do you? How do deadlines affect you and your work? Are they a good thing or a bad thing? They're they're good if they're reasonable and I have time to work. Um, mm-hmm. Otherwise, I find with the shorter the time frame, the more stressed I am. Mm-hmm. And so I think they're good, but I sometimes I don't have the energy to like live with them. So I try not to take on too many art project deadlines. Yeah. I have so many deadlines with my, with your, with my with other, your, job. Like, other job. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm hoping, um, for something maybe in like January. Yeah. That'd be a good so, time for some secrets. Yeah. People will be ready for your secrets in January exactly. after, after all this jubilant. Exactly. Yeah, January's perfect for secrets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hopefully, it's, hopefully there's uh, some juicy ones in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, secrets are what a fun topic. Yeah. Hmm. So I, I just like everyone does have them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's just like so hilarious. It's like or like secret habits or secret, you know. We always think, I always think secrets, when I have a secret, I always feel like that secret is so much weightier and bigger than it actually is. Mm-hmm. And then when the secret comes out, it's like, oh, yeah, this is, it is what it is. Like, it, yeah. I don't know. The, but, but when it, when it, when it, when it's a secret, when it's in secret yeah. mode, the energy of it being unknown yeah. is so much more intense than, than after, after it comes out. After it comes out, it's just like, yeah, whatever. 
Yeah. You know, it's just the trickle down and that fallout. But when it's in secret mode, there's an intensity there that is, I think, really cool. It's so in Northern Cheyenne, like tradition, um, a lot of the women, they would make these great like belts, beadwork Mm -hmm. belts or quill work. Okay. And they'll have these designs on them. And the meaning of the design was a secret between the artist and the person receiving the gift. And if the secret got out, they would get gored by a buffalo. Like, what? Right? <laughs> the bond, that power between Holy the cow. two people that hold the secret. It's, it's interesting. And that's like a, a way to look at it as far as like this relationship. Wow. Or this friendship. Yeah, it's like a loyal, but, there's a lo- there's loyalty yeah. in that in both directions. Yeah. Hmm. So I either, think either it's party... healthy in that <laughs> in that instance, but I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> but I mean, it all really depends on what the secret is. I think so. Yeah. 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 Huh. That's fascinating. Hmm. Cool. I'm excited yeah. to see what you make. Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited too. <laughs> you are too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Huh. That's fun. What, um, what, so do you have a message for the world that you're trying to say with your art? Like, is there, is that distillable or is it more dependent? Peace depending. I think, you know, like for the, yeah, for, I think for like the work that I do with like murals and like, that is I really just want to uplift people mm-hmm. and I think that we all have our own role that we can do because we, we never know like what somebody's going through yeah. we never know but um, with public art I think we can really try and uplift and support community and let people know that they matter mm-hmm. that they're valued their stories matter mm-hmm. um, their culture matters and so I look for like types of projects like that with with my public art um with my personal art like or my oil painting i think i I want people to you know just kind of approach art with like an open mind and see if it speaks to you Mm -hmm. and um you know what questions is it asking what questions it's asking you? Yeah. Like, what questions do the pieces ask you? Mm. And why? So kind of like a little, yeah. like, I don't want to tell. I want to ask. Yeah. You know? It's like, totally. Like, yeah. if somebody so, tells so me what like to do. like a dialogue. Yeah. A, and you it's, want your work to be a dialogue between the viewer. Partially, I think it's my personality. Or, like, human's personality. Like, nobody wants to be told what to do. Yeah, but some people you, do actually. Well, I'm not one of them. <laughs> <laughs> but if you ask me, I will be so happy to say yes. And so I think with my art, like I want to do more of the asking. Mm-hmm. Cool. Yeah. Neat. Yeah, it just makes me want to spend more time with your work. Oh, thanks. Yeah, I, I, makes I, me want to go create more. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's such a good process making things i don't know i don't like none of it even really oh oh here's it here's one actually does art matter oh yeah i think yeah art matters so much i think it's something that i i mean we all know it does right Mm -hmm. but even more and more like folks that have maybe been haters um are seeing that it's connects to the human spirit in ways that like science doesn't, you know, all the, you know, I don't know. It's, it just, it, it connects story with the soul. And I think it's, um, I, it's, it just makes life wonderful. And in the pandemic, you know, what were people, what were they consuming? They were consuming music. Yeah. They were consuming like media. Media, yeah. like not only news, but like also like film and that's theater, that's mm-hmm. storytelling. Yeah. That's, you know, and it helps people. Um, I think when you're, you're going through something and you know, you're not alone. 
and yeah. there's others out there that's just not an opinion or you know somebody telling like you information something. yeah 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 i think it helps us not feel as lonely yeah yeah hmm cool yeah. Well, keep making what you're making um where can people find you um, right now, mainly just the socials. Um, I, my, I didn't pay my website bill. <laughs> artists, I have noticed this about artists. We are, thank God for Instagram. Yeah. Because we are the worst at maintaining websites and Instagram helps us yeah. a lot. It just is perfect. Yeah. So, but, um, maybe in the next couple of weeks, it'll be up and running. It's <laughs> Tempty Abstract. Dot com. Dot com. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, and then, and then your Instagram was. It's just Jr. Tempty. Jr. Tempty. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So you might see a lot of pictures of my puppy on Instagram, but whatever. I mean, <laughs> I think puppy pictures. It's gonna be okay. If you, yeah. They'll be like, oh, damn, puppy pictures. Right. I wish you wouldn't post those. <laughs> that puppy. Ew. I know. <laughs> Yeah. Um, well, this has been delightful. Thank you so much for yeah um, for your time. Yeah, and keep making the beautiful work that you're making on this planet. We need you. Yeah, thank you, and thanks for hosting. This is fun. It's so. It's fun. like yeah. <laughs> Ask me to come talk about my art. Okay. Trust okay. <laughs> uh, my arm. Easy. <laughs> so good. All right. Well, thanks. Thanks for listening. And um, all the links will be in the show notes and you can find James and go give him some love because he's fabulous. Until next time.